Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast. Who do you think you are? I am! An Iowa rugby podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do! With your host, Mr. Gray. Big meaty man slapping me. And Philly V. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds! Brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. <laughs> and now let's take a break to hear from one of our sponsors. Convergence Acquisitions LLC is an organization dedicated to providing their creditor partners with a compliance solution for accounts receivable portfolio sales and servicing they enable for their clients to focus on their core business and provide them with a reliable partner they can count on to acquire distressed portfolios. Through over 30 years of accounts receivable management experience, they have developed processes and procedures to recover account portfolios while exceeding compliance expectations. They have partnered with well-respected law firms and other recovery vendors to create an ideal solution for their partners. Convergence Acquisitions evaluates and acquires portfolios including credit card, retail card, consumer loans, auto loans, draft deposit accounts, EMS services, and more. For more information on selling portfolios to use, please contact our business development team at 855-200-6096 or via email at acquisitions at convergenceacquisitions.com. So there it was in the Wombat Den, recording an episode of the B-Side Boys. Back for another installment. Back That's for good. another one. But Phil, we need to start on a serious note. Okay. Because... I don't like serious. I, we, as a show, have an apology to make. A mm. formal apology. So, uh, I wish I had papers, like, wrestling around papers. <laughs> oh, it's actually on my phone. Okay. I'm gonna... It's a pre-written apology. Last week, actually three days ago, <laughs> on the latest episode, episode 70 of the B-Side Boys podcast, we were excited to share the news of a brand new high school girls rugby program, the Iowa City Girls Rugby Program. While making Phil guess which team was coming up, Phil guessed Fort Dodge. Phil thought there wasn't a team in Fort Dodge. Myself just skipped over it and said Fort Dodge did not have a girls rugby team. We would like to formally apologize to the Fort Dodge Gazelles High School Girls Rugby Program. They competed in their first season this past fall. Uh, And sometimes when we're doing these things, we shoot from the hip. And that was one of those things where we know we've talked about them. And we know that they exist. But for some reason in that moment, we just skipped right on over it. And so we'd like to apologize. Also, got called out in the comments. Ah, naturally. Yeah. I... There, in my defense, I might have been thinking women's for some reason. You what know? do you mean? Like, you know, like Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, like Omaha. Oh, you're thinking like senior side. Yeah, I might have been in my head at the time thinking senior side for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Cause either way, that's my bad. I'm sorry. My, Me too, and I apologize. And that's something where, you know, we want to make sure we're given accurate information, even though, again, we just kind of flow. We just go with it. <laughs> and... We were looking at a lot of NCR stuff, and we were looking at a lot of just crazy, not crazy stuff, but just, we, we think we have our, our finger on the pulse of things, uh, but there's a lot of teams. And also, if you know me, my brain works very strangely, 
it bounces around. I definitely have ADHD that's never been diagnosed. Phil, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. And mine also works strangely, but just not in a good way. So, <laughs> What does that mean? I don't even want to get into it. Oh, God, does it get dark? Maybe. Oh, God, no. <laughs> let's pump it up, man. No. Whoa. Hey, yo. No. Good to see it's, you, though. Yeah, it's, it's good. Now that we got that out of the way. Oh, that was <laughs> a good dap up, too, man. That was great. No. Very cool. How was your weekend? It's good, yours. <laughs> Real good. <laughs> Be better yeah. if you never made that sound again. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> no, it was fun uh, getting to watch a little of uh, NCR with the boys on Saturday, and yeah, we had a really good yeah. turnout for the uh, NCR watch party at Pally's. You know, what was probably the most intense one out of all the games we were watching, just crowd-wise, the Iowa versus Iowa State women's match. Yeah, everybody was yelling a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, we have a lot of connection to both those teams. Yeah, like that's true. that was. A lot of fun. A lot of Iowa State alumni were in our bar cheering for them, and Iowa walked away the victor. You know, Dude, there was even like non-rugby people in there cheering for yeah. the Iowa State game, which oh, was really yeah. cool. That was cool because there was actually quite a few people in there before we got there. Yeah, yeah, but it was just funny because Iowa, Iowa State women, they're in different, you know, conferences, conferences, yeah. and so they don't play each other as often as you would think. And everybody made the joke they flew all the way to Washington D.C. to play a match. Yeah, that does suck, and I almost <laughs> I knew that was going to happen at some point between one of the three women's teams, right. for sure. Well, and then Aquinas played Iowa yeah, as well, and so yeah. there were some girls matched up. and No, really, really cool weekend. We're going to dive more into the CRC mm -hmm. later, really give a deep dive into that. Also, too, congratulations, Todd Becker, getting married over yeah. the weekend, Bremer Congrats. County Buck. Congrats to him. All right, and today we're going to get right into it with the interview because this is a really special one. We have... Bruce Durr, the founder, the owner, the master brewer of Tighthead Brewing Company, one of our newest sponsors of the program. And he's got a cool rugby backstory, and he has a really cool beer. So I think we should call him up. Let's hear from him. Let's give him a ring. This interview is brought to you by Tighthead Brewing Company. Tighthead Brewing Company is a craft brewery located in Mundelein, a suburb of Chicago. Their brew pub is a neighborhood institution where friends and families can meet up and enjoy great music, wonderful company, and the best beer in town. Since they opened their doors in 2011, they've poured their heart and soul into every glass. Stop in and taste what they're talking about. Also, if you are not from Chicago, make sure you go to your local grocery store, liquor store, restaurant, bar, pub, whatever. Ask the bartender, ask the owner, ask whoever runs the place for Tight Head Brewing Company beer. They distribute through Dahl Distributing. You can drink it in Iowa. It is found in Iowa. And oh yeah, the name Tight Head. Bruce played rugby for 13 years, mostly as a tight head prop. Bruce is the owner, founder, and master brewer. The tight head prop is a position that involves being in the front row of the scrum, supporting the hooker. The explanation is too long for this story, but we encourage you to research and understand the origin of the name and become a fan of not only the beer, but the sport it represents. Enjoy Tight Head Brewing Company. All right, now we are to the interview portion of the show presented by Tighthead Brewing Company and special guest with us today, Bruce Durr of Tighthead Brewing Company, the founder, the owner, the master brewer. Bruce, how you doing? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. Can't have any complaints, I guess. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, we're really yeah. excited to have you on and have you a part of the B-Side Boys podcast. You know, as 
we were looking around and I was at Cooney's in Des Moines and I saw an ad for a beer that was called Tight Head. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's that's a prop. And then <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't really put it together. And then I saw the logo of a rugby ball. I'm like, that's a rugby beer. Like, I need to get in contact with this guy. I got to get the story. So I'm so glad we're making this happen. And yeah, Tight Head Brewing Company. Can you tell us yeah. uh, the story of Tight Head Brewing? So Tight Head Brewing Company. So basically in a nutshell i am uh i was a home brewer i home brewed for about 20 years um and uh i was a beer geek i read about <laughs> beer history beer culture uh, i judged competitions throughout the midwest homebrew competitions stuff like that so just kind of a big beer geek but spent 20 years in corporate america as well and got shoved around a little bit back in the you know early 2000s or so um, so I started writing business plans and thinking what I'd want to do if I ever left corporate. And uh, the second time it happened to me, my wife basically said, you hate what you do. You hate working for other people. So I think it's time. She had a big job, which is why I get to do what I do, which is <laughs> a wonderful thing. But uh, so, yeah, that kind of launched it. I dropped out uh, of corporate life. I went to Siebel Institute in Chicago, uh, which is a world-class brewing school. Mm. Um, had a lot of brewing knowledge and, you know, brewing's brewing, but, uh, when you start a brewery, there's a lot of, a lot of investment that goes into it and mm -hmm. banks want to see something, uh, with a little more, you know, professional background. So, um, it, it lent it well, it lent like, uh, very good to the, uh, the opening of the brewery. So, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. Um, we started, uh, day one was 2011. So our first batch was in September of 2011. And I brought in uh, another homebrew friend. He was running a homebrew supply store uh, locally here. So brought him in. So he's been my brewer from day one, Billy Oaks. Um, great brewer. He's really responsible for the quality of everything. Um, but between the two of us for a few years at least until we got other brewers in place, um, we pretty much did everything. So. Wow. Nice. And I wanted to ask, too, like, to go back, how did you get into, you know, you said you were a beer geek and you, you know, were at home doing that stuff. How did you get into that I was, at the start? I was just thinking about that. I'm like, how do you do that? Because I would like to learn. <laughs> you start playing rugby in college and you start <laughs> drinking beer at social and uh, in a quarry in Decorah, really. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, I was, I was into gardening you know I, I canned tomatoes um i had all these little hobbies a lot of way too many hobbies i still do um from making cheese to salsa to <laughs> you know peppers and whatever i do um so my wife had given me a kit like uh when we got married or before we got married um so that's kind of what started it all but um yeah Okay. Yeah, it was at the time when, you know, we weren't, uh, you know, nobody liked hops back then. So mm -hmm. that was way back in probably in 90, 91. I first moved, uh, kind of got up around Chicago area. So Gotcha. Yeah, because it sounds yeah. like, too, you know, that was, yeah, way before you see all these microbrews popping up nowadays where, and that probably helps with that business corporate background and kind of seeing, like, more the business side because we've seen breweries come and go where it just seems like 
oh, it's cool to make your own beer. Let's mm. just jump into it. And like you said, there's so much time and oh, investment. Yeah. And then also having a product that people want to have. What inspired, like, you know, the taste or just how you wanted? Just a lot of trial and error? Or did that come through that, that training? Um, how did you find, you know, your brand, your flavor, your um, just kind of overall, you know, look and feel yeah. and feel and taste? Yeah, so we went into it, or I, yeah, I basically went into it, um, and um, God, I, I like traditional styles. So even today, you know, most of the, the seasonal beers we do, uh, triple, I like Belgian beers, uh, a wit beer, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I always enjoy brewing, um, but when we opened the brewery, we 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 came to it with I had always made Scarlet Fire and. Uh, it's an Irish style red ale. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big dead. I was. I'm a deadhead. So <laughs> Scarlet Fire made sense. Uh, that beer for years, when I coached travel baseball and every other kid sporting event parent party, you know, I would brew beer for because I knew I home brewed. So um, it was missile red. It was Mustang red at certain times. Uh, but when I started the brewery, that was kind of my base beer. So that was mm-hmm. going to be kind of a flagship. Uh, my brewer Billy brought Irie IPA. Um, Irie being uh, you know Rastafarian term for mm-hmm. all good feeling Irie. It's a nice big West Coast seven percent IBA IPA. <laughs> so uh, he had brought that. We decided we needed another beer. Uh, we kind of developed the blonde um, together, which is uh, actually a pretty good blonde in our opinion. But even eleven years ago. Uh, we're about 30 miles north of Chicago, okay. so up around Lake County, and it's um, it was still very much and still is, you know, it's a Miller Lake town. It's it's Lake County, and you know that that kind of lake life, and mm-hmm. it's just not really conducive to craft a lot of times. So um, we thought the blonde would go over very well, but it's uh, it's still one of our best sellers up around us and in the tap room. But but we can't sell in the city, so it's a you know. Chicago is a tough place to sell beer, no matter where you're at, well, sure. and, what, and what you're making, really. So, gotcha. so that's of kind of how it started. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was going to ask. Speaking of the tap room, too, uh, what are you working with in the actual, you know, brick and mortar location? I mean, um, how much space do you have for, um, you know, the vats and all where you you brew, and then also for like the dining area or like the area uh, people can actually hang out? Can you? Talk us through what that looks like. So next time we're in town, we can stop in and kind of what we could expect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we started out with about 6,000 square feet back in 2011. Uh, we doubled that in 2015 when we bought a canyon line and we needed space because it was a pretty good size canyon line. So we expanded the tap room at that time uh, to cover some of that. Um, so that's about, we've been since 2015, we're at about 10,000 square feet. Nice. Uh, we have a 15 barrel brew house, so not huge. Um, and about nine, 10, uh, 30 barrel fermenters, a couple of 15s. So we'll brew two days, uh, to fill a 30 barrel. So we're basically producing 30 barrel batches. Um, so we do about, right around 3,000 barrels a year. Um, we're already up quite a bit this year, so that's good. Um, yeah, we uh, we were growing pretty fast and then changes hit. 
um, brewery growth is crazy. I mean, you guys are in <laughs> Iowa. You're seeing. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I used to talk all the time on my tours. You know, every every town should have a brewery. That's that's the way it was intended. That's the way it used to be back you know, pre-prohibition and back in the old days. So um, I kind of got my wish because literally every town does have a brewery now. So uh, shelves get crowded, so it gets tougher. Yeah. But um, So the space, we just bought a new canning line and we put it in a different part of the brewery. We prepared some drains and, and put it back in a storage area. Um, so we're expanding the tap room again. Wow. Um, almost doubling at least tap room space. Um, hoping to do more events and kind of focus on um, taking advantage of the people that are there. Uh, we have a really great following, great crowds. So you know, if we can keep them there, if we can, you know, keep them coming and keep them hanging out, mm. uh, that's kind of where we want to focus. But but we do distribute. We're we're in that middle tier of a brewery, I would say. That it's not all about tap room and and uh, on premise where we kind of have to distribute to make it work. So mm-hmm. um, that's why we love being in Iowa. You know, we're uh, we're hoping to sell a lot, a lot of beer in Iowa, yeah, and we like so. our beer. <laughs> yeah, you do. And there's uh, and I mean, your growth has been kind of what we've been seeing here. You know, in the last few years, it's they're popping up everywhere, and that's that's competition for us, and we get mm-hmm. that. But you know. It's just good to be able to sell beer. Um, from what I've seen and when I'm in the market, um, I, I love talking to, to Iowa buyers and, and managers and you know restaurant owners and stuff. It's it's great. They have a whole different passion for craft beer, and it's you know it's it's kind of become passe over here. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we we like to see it. it it's refreshing. It, it's a cool scene. I, li- I like the the brewing scene in Iowa. It's been great. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. There's there's quite a few of them here in Des Moines, and we do love a good brewery. Um, I was curious though, because you guys seem to be like ever expanding, and your locations getting larger. How much like manpower do you need to be at operation? And I'm also curious how many of the people you employ do there's any of them play rugby by chance or? Um, they do not. I don't have anybody who who plays. Um, one of our original bartenders' husband played. Um, a little bit through college and then after college locally um, and we still hang out with him quite a bit but other than that no and um, ironically enough it's something that you know it's something that meant something to me the name mm-hmm. um, I played tight head prop for basically 13 years so the last couple of years I, I got really fit and my club was moving premier league and I, I was getting too small to play prop so i started going inside a little bit and hooked like my last year before you know moving to the suburbs getting married having kids and kind of kills a rugby career as some of us know but <laughs> yeah. um but uh yeah it's uh um not really and we don't it's not a theme. I used to joke that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I missed quite a few marketing classes, but <laughs> I must have missed ones where you're supposed to like tie the theme of your, your business into kind of your branding, which uh, didn't really happen. So we've used two rugby terms. The most popular is our, our knock on double, oh, which yeah. we also <laughs> put fun? in wine barrels. Uh, which we call knock on wood, of course, but um, so that's uh, that's really the only rugby reference. So, okay. other than you know, meaning something to me, and it's a, it's a great way to start a conversation. 
about the brewery. So nice. Didn't you? Don't you guys have a drink that's called like the Hat Trick or something like that as well? We do. Yep, Hat Trick Triple, mm-hmm. big Belgian triple, nice eight percent, eight and a half, almost nine. I guess it's eight nine. Um, yep, and that's uh, kind of just a shout out. Um, I've got three kids. Oh, uh, nice. Two boys and a girl. They all played uh, hockey at some points in their lives, but my boys mm-hmm. played through high school. So those are kind of the days where we were going to a lot of high school hockey games. And nice. it's like, well, we're going to do a triple. And it's like, well, it makes sense. Hat trick. That's perfect. You know? Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, it's kind of whoever designs recipes typically names a beer. That's kind of how we, we do it at Tight Head. Mm-hmm. And it's really just Billy and I. And Billy does most of the recipe design so nice and yeah it tends to be more music reference so for us gotcha and i noticed too like looking at your facebook page you guys have live music in quite often is that a big draw for the tap room as well yeah it is um we started early on having music on thursdays and whenever we could but we decided that having it every thursday Mm -hmm. people knew there's always gonna be live music it was free Mm-hmm. So we just made sure we always had bands booked on Thursday. So that's become a thing. Nice. Is there uh, a certain genre you guys play? Um, not really. I mean, we we at the brewery mostly kind of like our our jam bandy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an old deadhead, so <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, my 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 brewer Billy is you know was a big fish head. We all like. Yeah, chili water. Our our pale ale is is a widespread panic song. So, nice. um, we we do tend to lean, you know, toward toward uh, probably jam music, nice. but uh, it's pretty open, really. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the musicians that come in there, you know, every once in a while we get a band on a weekend, but it's still a small space for you know mm-hmm. a full band. So um, it's usually duets and acoustics stuff like that nice and you were saying too you guys do trivia there as well we do every wednesday we do trivia that's huge it sells out quickly again another good reason to expand the tap room a little bit we have we started reserving tables and um now we you know the tables are booked by monday afternoon already for wednesday so yeah wow it's crazy people they love their trivia yeah, so we used to be really big into <laughs> trivia back in college. We used to go like every Tuesday to the Octopus. The Octopus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. They would do the most random trivia. And <laughs> they did like a, a $5 mug for all the PBR you wanted during the two hours of trivia. And I think, I mean, we went for the $5 mug of PBR <laughs> and tried to get as much as we could. And they were like, hey, trivia is pretty fun. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And, yeah, and I saw one too. Uh, I forget the name of the bar. There's a bar on the south side of Des Moines. It's a it's a special day thing that I've never seen done before, but they're trying to get people in during hours that normally isn't busy. So they open up at 10 a.m. And Monday through Friday, they have a special viewing of The Price is Right, where they actually have oh, people come awesome. in. And I think it's meant for like an older crowd that's like retired. So like, hey, and it's a throwback kind of 60s, 70s bar. Um you know, they got Schlitz and kind of all the old uh, everything. And I think it's kind of like, a, hey, you're going to watch it anyways. Watch with friends. We'll make some brunch and then have some beers. And it was kind of interesting, too, because most times bars are, like, fighting for that, you know, 7 to midnight crowd. And they're like, oh, we're looking for 10 a.m., you know, yeah. a new market. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Do you guys that's have good. any special things that's kind of unique to you guys? Um, I don't know how unique things would be. Not really. I mean, we do certain parties and events every once in a while that, you know, are, are kind of special for us and everybody knows about. But Yeah, what's some of the biggest no, like events or that parties crazy. you guys throw? Um, the biggest party we do is our Hoptoberfest, which is basically uh you know a good reason to get together in the fall Mm -hmm. uh we do our anniversary party every year um we started brewing in september 2011 so the village let us do production and start distributing but we couldn't open the public side until we got our like final permit we thought we'd be open by thanksgiving it happened two days before christmas so we opened anyway that day, and it was crazy. And then we shut down for a week and had to rebrew, and we ran out of everything. <laughs> so yeah, so but it, it's a great time to have a party every year. So because mm-hmm. it's you know most people have you know Christmas Eve off, so everybody comes out if it's a Sunday or whatever day it is. Twenty mm-hmm. third so is always our our big anniversary party. So nice. that's always fun. And I usually dress as Santa and deliver uh, ornaments. And back when uh, we had a a great house band um, that my my current bartender, one of our bartenders was a bass player and that always played. And they would humor me because I play some blues harmonica. (laughs) And I said, all right, well, we're going to plan this. So we're in between sets. And I'm going to hand out ornaments, and if I'm going to play harmonic with you guys, it's going to be a Santa. So it was always Santa playing harmonica with the band, so, which is always good. I good love and that. sweaty, basically. Because <laughs> yeah. I am a prop, and I was born a prop. So, you know, well, just... and you know, you're talking to a tight. I'm a tight head prop. Phil is a hooker. He's yep. been trying to be a flanker for the past ten, <laughs> twelve years, and we won't let him yeah. leave the front row because. I'm just used to I'm, having him. <laughs> I'm very proud to say I've never played anywhere outside of the front row. That's that's at least some kind of consolation, I think. So. Yeah, see, it's a badge of honor. Yeah, don't leave me. Don't leave the front row. I don't think I'll exactly. ever be able to. <laughs> yeah. No, no, me too. And looking at a map here of where you guys are, you're really close to Wisconsin, too. I didn't realize how north that was. And so... What yeah. what are some of the closer rugby teams that are near you guys? I mean, do you work with some of the local rugby teams? Is there one in town or or nearby? I mean, I know a lot of the Carfu Chicago area rugby football union. Um, yeah. They're in Chicago. Um, what club do you kind of run into the most currently? So we we do sponsor the Lake County Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are kind of we're in Lake County. Yep. Um, basically, so. Um, and they're a few miles north of us. They're, they play out of Gurney, but great group of guys. Um, I got involved fairly early and just reached out and, you know, I wanted to support it. So, um, I buy, I think every two years it's been, um, I'll buy a set of jerseys. They're really, you know, it's pretty cool. They put our, our logo on the front and everything. And, uh, we provide, uh, discounted beer for their socials. Um, usually the last home game of the year, I'll bring, we have a beer trailer. Oh, cool. So a refrigerated, like four tap, you know, beer trailer. So I'll bring that out to the match. Um, and we'll do maybe throw an extra keg in and they usually get a little few more people out for the big end of year celebration, but they do everything on the pitch. So it's kind of fun. It's, we got a great barn facility. It's park district owned, but they can use this whole 
patio and stuff. So nice. um, it, it works out pretty well. That's yeah. awesome. So I couldn't yeah. imagine a better logo too, you know, to have on your jersey is a another rugby ball, yeah. essentially. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, sometimes um, you see the logos of like construction or like plumbing or like just random. I mean, it's awesome to work with those businesses, but it's like, man, it'd be cool if it had a rugby theme and then it's like, yeah, you do that for them. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, that's something that I've been I've been working on and, and will continue to. But um, I do have, I, I've spoken with and numerous people with the Hounds, the new Chicago MRL team, which Ooh. I know you guys all came in and partied, I think, last weekend. I, yep. I did make it down. It's kind of not the best day, but... Um, but I've been going to those. Uh, I've been talking with them. We'd like to do a beer for them. Oh. It's like if you're going to have a brewery do a beer, it should be a rugby themed brewery. You know? 100%. So yeah. I, I think they're down with that. So that'd be really cool. Um, so we're working on that. They got the team pretty late in November when mm -hmm. they actually got the bid. So trying to put you know a new season that opened I think February 18th and get everything in line was uh, was a little tough at that time but yeah. uh, still working with them hopefully uh, getting some beer in the stadium for these last few home games um and they're hosting the championships in july yeah. so we're definitely going to have beer there oh nice um i do work with carfu as well so nice. um we're going to be doing some stuff uh for some of the tournaments out at the lamont facility if you're aware of the blaze, the blaze yeah. Yeah, yeah they've done the midwest there and uh they're doing a pretty big tournament uh, again this May, so I might take the trailer out there for them. So. Nice. Yeah, that's a beautiful yeah. facility out there, and like the clubhouse with the bar in it. Phil and I, it's, we've it's we've cool. played in a few Midwest Championships out there, and just have always had a good time. So that makes yeah, sense. No, yeah, yeah, that's what I think too. So it's like, well, if you guys need beer, you know, why not get it from us? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so. Speaking back to, you know, we talked about, you know, you played rugby, you were a tight head prop. Can you walk us through, too, like, how did you get into rugby? And then what clubs did it take you to? What is your yeah. rugby story? So, so I started, I, uh, I'm from Sterling, Illinois. So Sterling, Rock Falls, Dixon, so kind of out by the Quad Cities. Okay. Um, you know, west of Chicago quite a ways. Yep. So, you know, small Midwest kid. I played football and wrestled and played baseball. So uh, my brothers both went to Luther College in Decorah. Mm, they were they were much older than I was, so I just followed them there. Okay. And I played football my freshman year. Um, I wasn't real good, you know. I was, just, but I played because you could walk on. It's not like you'd be recruited. Mm -hmm. So I played, and then I was going to play baseball in the spring, and I started. Uh, hanging out with people, getting friends, and a bunch of them played rugby. So, um, you know, long story short, started hanging out with rugby guys, and uh, I ended up playing in the spring in my freshman year and every spring and fall for about 13 years after. So um, I spent a year out in the East Coast in uh, Virginia Beach, Norfolk area, okay. and uh, played with the Falcons for one season there. Um, and then went back home and got a job in Chicago. So played with the Griffins for about nine years, nice. up until about 90, yeah, 95, four, probably after I got married, it started fading a little more. And then we, uh, we ended up not wanting to have kids in the city. So bought a house and moved to the suburbs and 
kind of uh I played one season up here in Lake County. They were just starting a club. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hart just wasn't in it. When the kids got older, mm-hmm. um, I started coaching. I, I'm a huge baseball fanatic as well. Mm-hmm. So um started coaching baseball and ended up travel baseball and everything else. So just kind of got away from it a little, but always supported it. Always went down to Griffin matches when I could. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my, my story. Yeah. And I was going to um, ask you too, talking about baseball. So as a fan of baseball, are you having a, a good season so yeah, far or a bad season? Suck. What's that? No. Yeah. I'm a Sox fan. So. Oh. <laughs> I'm a Cubs <laughs> fan. And so killing me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Usually it's June till they're out, but it's like, damn. This has been a crazy yeah. season for the Sox because I just remember all the people were saying back in 2021, we're ahead of schedule, we're ahead of schedule. And as a Cubs fan, they were telling me, like, we're going to be in the World Series contender for years to come. And it's yeah. the same base. Like, what is happening? They're just imploding. Yeah. I mean, they look like they don't want to be there. Chicago baseball. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's very frustrating. So uh, I just I won't even talk about it. <laughs> just drink beer about it so <laughs> it's great because yeah the hounds have been playing on marquee every sunday afternoon or having matches we're right. down to a couple of them live so it's like yeah i don't need to sit and watch this oh yeah that's for sure are you a bears fan too <laughs> yeah i do like the bears so in fact until fairly recently just being uh you know when, when you start playing rugby and everybody probably listening yeah, it, it is more of a way of life thing. So, oh, yeah. even though you grew up and played football your entire life, I had no respect for it after playing rugby for years, and I just stopped watching football. Really, I just didn't care about it. So, um, I would always watch a Bears game, but I wouldn't watch a Monday night game if the Bears weren't playing, just to watch football. So, gotcha. Fair I've kind of gotten back to it. You know, I yeah. still love it. You know, it's a great game can be but um so that's kind of where i'm at (laughs) sports gambling makes it a little more fun now so (laughs) well yeah absolutely (laughs) oh yeah so is there anything that is you know coming out soon at tight head brewing like any sort of new beers new events or anything that we should be on the lookout for that's coming your way um if people are in the area uh we do a beer fest on june 10th Ooh. it's it's actually mundelein the the village economic development group puts it on um but i talked him into doing it years ago um being a judge being a beer geek i used to hate going to these little festivals and having to talk to a distributor rep or somebody who wasn't from the brewery because i wanted to talk about the beer so we make sure it's a brewery represented so we have uh there will be probably 42 to 45 breweries um we have live music and food um it's just a it's a well run i mean this is something as a brewery owner and someone who works at a small brewery you can do these in every town throughout the country mm-hmm. yeah you know, two three times a weekend so we have to turn a lot of them down so that's kind of what i do and my sales guys do so we do that a lot but yeah, ours is it's a good it's a good fest. So if you want to come to Mundelein for a beer fest, it's a it's a really good one. 
Nice. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> throw, throw that out there. Yeah. No, that's I've awesome. done a few in Iowa over the years. Um, there's a really good Oktoberfest. I think it's in Ames. Hmm. Um, there's felt, some other ones. You in Des Moines, too. too. Oh, I'm sure there's probably a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, trust me. Any, every park district, every JC's, every, you know. They all have beer fest now, so but they're not all the same. That's true. So, Do you have any Irish just... uh, style beers or anything? Because there's a big, the biggest Irish festival in Iowa is the first weekend in August, the Iowa Irish Fest in Waterloo. Oh, yeah? Is that something you've ever run into? Mm-hmm. No, but I would love to come. Yeah, because um, they have a rugby tournament there too. Yeah, and then they also oh, have really? just a ton of beers. They have like the Red Hot Chili Pipers and a bunch of like random Irish Gaelic um, musicians, and then they also have, like, Irish strongman competitions and um, the Highland Games, yeah, and then they also have all all the performances and and then just tons of beer, tons of food, so if you have an Irish ale or an Irish-type beer, um, that'd be something to look into, too, first weekend in August. We do. Our Scarlet Fire uh, is an Irish Irish red ale. Yeah, uh, we actually won a, a gold medal in 2018 at the Great American Beer Fest for that beer mm. in the Irish category. So, well, I know what I know what the it's one of our I'm top sellers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, that's something you should definitely should definitely try to hook that up because yeah, right? <laughs> it's the the biggest Irish festival in Iowa. So, I okay. mean, I don't know if that's saying much because Iowa's a little bit smaller. But I mean, <laughs> you could get a new a new batch of uh, customers, a new batch of people who. You know, recognize your beer. They're looking for it in a high V. So, like, four people in Iowa listening, you know, you said, like, yeah. through Dahl Distributing, high Vs. There's a few bars in Ames, in Des Moines. Um, you know, what what would you tell people in Iowa if they want to ha- try your beer? What should they do? Uh, the best thing to do is ask for it. Yeah. If you have your favorite watering hole or wherever you go, wherever you're buying your craft beer or drinking craft beer, um, ask them if they have tighthead. The more buyers or managers hear the name, and then when a sales rep does walk in and mentions it, it's like, oh, yeah, I've been hearing about this. So that's kind of uh, the best way you can do grassroots, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, we were, we, we did, we were in a lot of high bees. We were with a distributor in Iowa for about four years, three years. Um, and during the pandemic, they kind of switched focus. Mm-hmm. So um, we just got back in the last year, less than a year with Dahl out of Des Moines, and they're now kind of grown their craft business uh, all the way east, so all the way to Davenport. So that's what we're gonna be focusing on. Um, We're gonna be coming out probably late May, June, doing a big sales push. Nice. Just try to support that effort. So hopefully, uh, you know, we'll get more, more beer in more places. Well, and that's the thing. We're going to keep pushing it every time we go to a tournament. We talk to people. And then with the podcast, you know, having you as our official interview sponsor, you know, we want to make this. It's a rugby beer. You know, rugby, the community is very niche. It's very supportive. And so I hope, you know, our rugby friends can, you know, they're, they can be pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Enthusiastic, you know, oh, yeah. and really push exactly. for it. And we're going to be pushing at Pally's because that's our home bar. And I know we've talked. And so, yeah, when you're coming through Iowa again, let us know. And that'd be cool if you could meet some other people in the rugby community in Iowa. And maybe they could get into, you know, because 
we know people in in Waverly and in, in Decora, in Dubuque, in Davenport, Iowa City, yeah, Cedar Rapids, Rapids. You know, like yeah. it'd be cool because we've got all these areas. It'd be cool to you know network and make this you know the official like Iowa rugby beer. Um, yeah, yeah, I, that's you know, and that's uh, that's exactly you know why I want to be involved and. You know, I, I support even down to the youth level financially. Um, I'm just a huge believer in, you know, the community and, and how you grow community through, mm-hmm. you know, and, and beer is a great way to do it. Unfortunately, you, know, you can't do it at the youth level, but <laughs> yeah. um, but supporting it, you know, it's, uh, it is. My son played his senior year in high school. He played with a local high school team because he decided he, uh, he wasn't going to make the baseball team anyway, so... <laughs> Um, he wanted to play rugby, so it was great, you know. And you you bring your Jimmy Johns out, and we brought water and soda. But it's the same concept. You're, right. It's a social game, and mm. it's all about you know sharing experience, and you know. Yeah. The and next the next podcast, we may have to have some songs. I have to get some of my buddies on, and uh. you know, we always. You know, Luther, we played some good clean rugby, but uh, we we sang hard and uh, and partied hard. So <laughs> we, we we had a lot of fun. Yeah. That's such a small <laughs> world that you were at Luther because like that's like my hometown area, and there's a local team there now too, uh, Northeast Iowa, and yeah, yeah. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, one of my good friends has been helping and coach him, and so John Thompson, JT, mm, okay, Carmen, Counting, yeah. Love it. Well, Bruce, yeah. thank you Good so dudes. much for for joining us tonight, and thank you again for sponsoring the show and being a part of it. Yeah, and I really appreciate it. Next time you're through Iowa, make sure you get a hold of us, and and we can have some beers in person. And yeah, just keep sharing more rugby stories because again, we we briefly touched on your rugby experiences. We want to we want to dive into those stories sometime. Hear about some of those those parties, those songs, and <laughs> you know. Um, maybe maybe off there. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely awesome. Well, thank no, you, Bruce. That's great. You have a good one. Thank and, you, guys. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. All right. Cheers. All right, and that was Brewster. No! <laughs> he specifically said off the air not to say that. <laughs> Brewster, yeah, no, we uh, we really appreciate him coming on. That was that was cool to hear from him and hear about all the beers and a little bit of his, you know, backstory and everything. And yeah. Yeah, I look forward to having him on again, and hopefully we can grab a few beers together sometime. Oh, no, definitely. And that's what it's all about. Like, that's what's so cool, I think, about the rugby community, not only in Iowa, the country, the world. I just feel like rugby attracts people who really value community friendship like we we share similar experiences yet in different places and we love to share the stories so that common bond you know and like a brewery is a perfect place for like a rugby atmosphere or like just that rugby ideals behind it even though he said like they don't they're not like rugby 100% everything almost nothing they do is rugby related other than like the name of one beer and the name of the brewery yeah like that's and then the teams that he sponsors and yeah. stuff like that. But and yeah. then he supports it, yeah. yeah. But it's not just like rugby only because that would turn people away. But it's like just this happy mix of like these ideas and the experiences all together. Mm. I love that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and like, cool. also too, like rugby people support rugby people. Oh, hands down. Yeah. So that's why too, he wants to work with us and we want to work with him. So uh, find Tight Head Brewing Company at your local grocery store, Hy-Vee. Talk to the people that your favorite watering hole, as he said, favorite bar, get them to supply it because it's good. Like mm-hmm. that's another thing yeah. too. It's not just like, oh, rugby for rugby. People wouldn't be having this beer if it wasn't awesome. Exactly. Like, it's fantastic. And, like, so. and I feel like most, it's probably similar with, like, restaurants and stuff, too, where it's, like, you know, a lot of breweries and stuff probably fold after a year or two. They've been in business for almost 13 years. Right. It's, like, they obviously have something going. Right. right. Yeah, no, doing a fantastic job. So, yeah, and it was funny, too. We were talking before every interview. We always double-check, even when someone has a very, what you would think, basic name. We always double-check to make sure we say it correctly. And he said Bruce Durr. And then he let us know, too, that a lot of times people will hear that and just put it together, like Phil said, <laughs> Brewster. <laughs> and that reminded us of a former teammate, Joe Ziss. <laughs> we used to play with Joe Ziss at UNI. And anytime you'd be, like, at the bar, he was talking to a girl or something, or you were talking to a girl about him or something, and just like, oh, yeah, Joe Ziss. And you just, like, you didn't even mean to do it. It just rolls off the tongue. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah, Joe Ziss. And they're like, Joe Ziss. Joseph, that is a weird first name. Joseph? <laughs> Joseph? Are you saying Joseph? No, Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph. I feel like you're saying Pam? <laughs> <laughs> uh, enough about Joseph and those dumb stories. We should have him on sometime. We should. That'd be a good one. <laughs> hey, Grant Stefan, I would love to get him on sometime, too. I was just thinking of a story where... There was a microwave thrown out of the second floor of Fort Friendship <laughs> because someone almost burnt down the house with a frozen pizza in the microwave and they fell asleep and accidentally put it in for 20 minutes. Got in a fight before <laughs> rugby practice. Oh. Uh, we'll get into that later. If you know, you know. <clears throat> so Collegiate Rugby Championship National Sevens was this weekend. Real big bummer because like 110 teams, there is eight different champions that are crowned because you have men's women's premier cup division one division two small college they were streaming all over the rugby network youtube but the weather out of their control did not cooperate so on day one they actually had to stop streaming and then they actually had to like call it early so on saturday they had to like condense a a bunch of stuff and you know hats off to that team 110 teams were there this crew at NCR is very small, but they mm. are mighty. Like they worked their tails off to make this awesome, and like they did everything they could to make sure you know it was a quality tournament. The athletes were safe, and you know we could see the tournament as well. And you know as the matches were progressing, because we were able to watch on Saturday, uh, those fields. I mean, just a swamp. Oh yeah. I mean, they they did everything they could, but Mother Nature, you just can't control it when yeah. you plan a tournament that big. Like. It's not like when you play against another team, it's like, hey, our field's flooded. Let's just drive down the street, play somewhere else. Like, we played for Bremer a few years back. The field was underwater. And then yeah, we moved to the hostile hilltop. We yeah. moved from Waverly to Cedar Falls and we played before the UNI match. We were able to make that decision in two hours mm-hmm. and it just happened. Oh, it was like the same thing, too. Like, we were supposed to play Ames, like in Ames one time, their field flooded because it's notorious for flooding. So they had a. Iowa State? Yeah, well, I would say yes. Yeah, 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 they had a. We were supposed to play in Ames, but then their field flooded, so they had to come play us at the Hostile Hilltop in Cedar Falls. Right, it was like my senior year or something like that. Yeah, you can't it was do just that on the fly. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that with 110 teams. No. So hats off to them for adapting and making it work. Uh, so 
first thing, we're just going to roll through everything, quickly talk about what we saw. So in the Premier Cup for men's, I predicted Indiana would win. Phil, do you remember who you picked? Brown. Yeah. And so here's what's crazy. Brown ended up getting upset in the second round by Queens University, mm-hmm. 14 to 12. <clears throat> Indiana actually made it to the national title. But Mount St. Mary's, yeah. the, the third seed, the little engine that could, they win the national title 19 to 5. Uh, that's wild. Yeah, they defeat Indiana, who was the number one overall seed. Uh, that was a fantastic match. I mean, again, sloppy, rainy. Um, Mount St. Mary, they were scoring tries at will. I mean, they beat Belmont Abbey 22-5. They beat a number one seed Wheeling 7-5. They beat Adrian 21-7. And they beat the University of Michigan 41-0. So hats off to them for winning the national title. Division One club. So Phil picked Missouri, and they actually went 2-0 in pool play. And I'm looking on the website here. Missouri got knocked out in the knockout round to UConn. I picked, I think, Bowling Green. Bowling Green lost to San Diego in the knockout round. And our national championship match for D1 men was San Diego versus Clemson. San Diego takes the championship. Wow. So... Here's my question with San Diego. This is the same San Diego team that's going to be playing in one week's time against Iowa State University. Now, what this tells me is they've got some hammers. Because watching those those highlights, I wasn't able to watch the full game, but I watched highlights. They had an eight-man that was athletic, he was big, and he was fast. Mm -hmm. You know, how is this going to be to switch from 15s to 7s back to 15s? How about their legs? They played in, you know... Two, three, four, five matches over the weekend. Yeah. Now they got to go from San Diego to Colorado after being all the way in Washington, D.C. What does that roster look like? Do they have different rosters for 7s and 15s? I doubt it if they're a D1 men's club. Yeah, that's hard to say. I mean, and I would assume, like, again, with 7s, it's primarily backs. You have a couple of loose forwards, more than likely. They had some big dudes, man. Yeah. They had some, like, flanker-sized, lock-sized dudes playing. Hmm. Uh yeah. Did you see the third place game? Your team, Missouri, defeated Bowling Green 28-0. Ooh, that was my team. It was a little so. bit closer. <laughs> or maybe, or was that a forfeit? I don't know. Whenever I see 28-0, Zero, I kind of uh, yeah. assume it's, it's a forfeit. forfeit. Yeah. <laughs> they might have played. I don't know. I would know. assume they would have, but you never know, I guess. Who knows? So, yeah. Congratulations, San Diego. Uh, fun fact, this is going to be the only championship they win this spring. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just... You- that's just crazy, though, that... Yeah, that they entered in this, won it, and then now they're going to be playing the national championship. Like, ugh. And, like, how healthy... Cool. Like, I have no idea, but, like, you, you would have to imagine, like, there, there's going to be some wear and tear because yeah. they played against some high-level clubs. Exactly. I mean, 15-7 to 7 to beat Clemson in the title, that wasn't an easy match. No. I think their roster's got to be deep. It has to be. Has to be. <laughs> has to be. Yeah. So then we get to the D2 men's, and this is just this is just crazy. This is just just wild. 
And what makes me kind of frustrated, too, is that, like, we did say, you know, there's 12 total teams. They were taking the top eight. Yeah. Well, because the tournament got condensed, they didn't play for a third or a fifth place. So, you and I started off 2-0. and And then they played a very tough team in Norwich. And Northern Iowa lost 22-15 to to Norwich. In pool play. Mm -hmm. Really close match. Boys were looking really good. Just a couple of unlucky things. Weather wasn't great. So then they get into, you know, they're in the knockout round. And they play against IUP, the defending national champs. They get to play against the defending national champs. And, you know, here's the thing. IUP, they defeated Norwich... 15 to 14 later in the day. So IUP defeats you and I 22 to 12. Mm. It was a close match. It was a great match. IUP comes out on top. IUP defeats Norwich by one point. Then IUP defeats North Carolina State. They're back-to-back sevens champions. After you and I lost that first match, they were just done. Yeah, that sucks. That's a bummer. You'd like to see... So technically, I mean, fifth or sixth. I mean, they're yeah. top six. Yeah, I mean, they they still had a great run, and like I don't know, watching that IUP match that you and I was playing in, I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously a little biased, so I don't some, even say little. We're very we're biased. very biased, but they're very good. And they're very good. Yeah, and uh, I don't know that try at the, like to end the half. Yes, Gentry definitely touched that ball down. I don't understand how that was considered like held up or whatever even the call was. It's mm-hmm. kind of hard to tell with YouTube because it was a little grainy. Right. Um, but, you know, I messaged Cooper. Yeah, uh, your boy. Yeah, my son. And just chatting a little bit or whatever stuff. He just messaged me back today because his phone was kind of off. But uh, it's just wild how, like, humble those kids are. Because, really? like, he didn't make any excuse why they lost or anything like that. What did like he that. say? He just basically was just like, yeah, it's like we, you know – didn't really like spread out too well. Like, didn't really make like good breakdowns that first half. Like, just you know, it's all on them. Not like it wasn't like what any calls a sir made or any bullshit that IUP was pulling. You know, it was just look, he's look like, it's us. on up. Look at us as old guys like finding excuses. Like that's bullshit. That should have been a try. Because <laughs> yeah. if you go into halftime, you know that's a five point seven point swing. Yeah. I mean, they were right in it there, and that takes away momentum too. But yeah, that's that's really yeah. cool to hear too that they're like. Just not settling well, just throwing, making some bad passes. Like, but like, you know, I really liked how he can acknowledge that and not try to like come up with like some other right. excuse why they lost. Like you know? basically saying like, we're gonna be back here, but like yeah. it's up to us to fix this, this, and this. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool to see. I mean, it's a winner's mindset, right? Exactly. There. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, IUP more like IU poo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, so. but they are very good. They are very good. Yeah, they're. <laughs> They've got hammers as well. That's the thing. I think we're starting to get really familiar. Oh, my God. The amount of times I had to say at the bar, yes, Indiana University, Pennsylvania. Great. What's IUP? Wait, are they in Pennsylvania or Indiana? I don't know. I just read it off the bracket. It's Pennsylvania, like, but yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just started saying I don't know because I'm just tired of answering that question. <laughs> IUP, stop winning. I don't want to talk about you. <laughs> now, and then small college. So Central went one and one in their pool and then Wayne State went one and one in their pool and the thing is the champion was Babson 
Babson ended up being the national champion. Man, that Central College match, though, was wild. That went into overtime. Against? Double overtime, I guess, technically. Christendom? Yeah. That's who it was, Christendom. So, oh, and if they would have beaten... Yeah, so after pool play, Central and Wayne went into the bracket for seventh place because they, they had so many teams. Yeah. Right? They had uh, 18 teams in their bracket, mm-hmm. six pools of three. So Central played Christendom. They end up losing 20-15. to 15. That match was over 20 minutes long. Yeah. That was insane. They should have had the win there, dude. Oh, do you so know, close. Do you know who they would have played if they would have won? Wayne State. Yep. Wayne, what, Wayne they... State actually beat Christendom 15-7. to 7. So Wayne State ends up in 8th place because they lost to Sus- Susquehanna. Didn't Central and Wayne State play each other last year? Uh-huh. Yeah. For like fifth place or something like that, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That's so, crazy. I mean, yeah, dude. That and I wonder if that that match against Wayne State. I mean, not taking anything away from Wayne State, but yeah, I think Christendom they were pretty like beat up. I mean, that's <laughs> just, like watching that too. It was like you were just waiting for one more break. There was a yellow card there against Central very late in that half or overtime. Yeah, and you said, do they not tie in college yeah. sevens? I'm like, dude, it's a tournament. It's yeah, not that's a good out. point. <laughs> they, oh, I'm just used to, like, usually whenever it's like, yeah, like, there's a lot of times the teams tie, dude. I don't know. Well, this was in a knockout stage, so yeah, they had to advance. That's true. <laughs> I just don't know if I've ever seen overtime in sevens, really. I mean, like, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's a tournament, so yeah. Babson College, congrats to them. Where's that? I don't know. <laughs> Let's look real quick. Babson College. It's a private business school in what? Hmm? Babson is different. Babson is fearless. Commencement is just weeks away. Uh, average salary for a Babson undergraduate in the class of 2022 is $71,000. Shit, I'm going to open and roll. Dude, let's go. <laughs> Phil and I are going to Babson, baby. Uh, it's either in well, they have a Wellesley, Boston, or, or Miami. Miami. Well, if it's on, if it's in Miami, psh, psh. Babson Park, Massachusetts. I think it's in Massachusetts. Hmm. I don't know. Let's, let's let's go to the Miami. <laughs> we'll go to the Miami division. Yeah, that's fine with me. Okay, well, you learn something <laughs> it's, new. It's just kind of like with Palmer. There's a Palmer in Florida. Oh, there's yeah. a Davenport in Iowa and Michigan. Yeah, crazy. Life in Georgia, and there's life all around us. <laughs> Shut That's up. beautiful. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Then in the women's premiere. So their bracket was pretty straightforward. If you look at this, there's almost no upsets. In the first round, it was, you know, Brown in Northern Iowa. That's one and four. And then the next one, Iowa State lost to Michigan. Well, Michigan was the three seed. Navy was the two seed. The only upset that took place, Southern Nazarene defeated Iowa 19 to 17. And the thing was, Iowa was up. They were up in that match. Mm-hmm. I think it was 12 nothing. Yeah. They were up 12 nothing. And uh, yeah, Southern Nazarene just uh. came back. And, and that was a very sloppy game. It was one of the first games of the tournament. I yeah. think it was the second game of the tournament. Um, that was a bummer because they, I mean, they've got some speedsters oh, on yeah, Iowa. Iowa looked really good. They looked really good, and we'll get yeah. more into that too. And then Virginia Tech and Penn State, 
they were the next two. So, I mean, that there was only one upset in the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches. And then Brown beats Northern Iowa, Navy beats Michigan, Army beats Southern Nazarene, Penn State beats Virginia Tech. So in the final four, it's one versus two, one versus two. In both those matches, the one seeds won. Brown defeats Army 21 to 19. Mm. That's crazy. And then Penn State beats Navy 25-0. So, I mean, the seating committee for this did a fantastic job because, I mean, it went as scheduled. So, Mm -hmm. hats off to Brown. That Brown-Army match that was on at Pally's when we watched, that was a really good match. Mm Because it looked like Army was going to pull away early. And then Brown had this one girl that she was a big, strong runner who just was running through people. And then her support would finish it off for her. Like, it would take, like, three girls to tackle her, she pops it off to somebody quick. Wasn't Army the one with the gal where she had the big breakaway on her right before half, and then she got tackled in a few meters of the <clears throat> try line? No, no, and no, no, no. It got, like, or the one gal picked uh, it forward? I think that was Navy. Was it Navy? I God, think that, maybe that was a Navy match then. The Navy-Penn State one? Oh, dude, there, for some reason I thought it was Army. Okay, it might have been Army. It might have been Army, because that would have decided the game right there. <laughs> no, I think it would have been Army-Penn State. Because we were at Pally's for a long time. We were at Pally's for a while. And I had a lot of beers, so. Yeah. It's hard to get No, I straight. remember that, too. <laughs> she literally got tackled one meter out, and then her teammate came up. And then as like, her teammate, rolled they rolled it forward. And Ridgeway, who coaches for us, he's just like, that's why I always tell people, pick it up two hands and turn your body. Because, yeah, this lady was running straight onto it. Mm. And she rolled it, like, two inches forward. Yeah. And it was like. That should as, have been an easy try. Dude. As they had went into halftime. No try awarded, and you're just like, you just uh, gave up points. Oh, my gosh. So then the University of Northern Iowa ends up in sixth place. They ended up beating Michigan, and then they lost in the final to Virginia Tech 26-10. So they end up getting sixth place. And then up... I don't know what place this would even be. The Survivor Bowl. The championship of the Survivor Bowl. So you had Indiana beat Cootstown. Iowa State beats Texas A&M. Iowa State beats Indiana. And then Iowa beat Aquinas. And then Iowa beat Montana State. So Iowa State versus Iowa for the championship of the Survivor Bowl. Again, I don't know what place that would be. But, I mean, it's for hardware. Mm-hmm comes out it was back and forth but there was a moment before halftime where iowa state had iowa pinned deep and iowa state actually had a scrum put Mm. they lost the scrum and then iowa was able to a girl went left and she got tackled popped back up to her feet basically ran the length of the field to score before (laughs) halftime and that right there i mean that was a dagger that was like uh, that could have been a 14 point or 10 to 14 point swing because mm-hmm. Iowa State should have punched it in. Yeah. But instead, Iowa goes the other way and scores right before halftime. <clears throat> it was a really fun match to watch. It was cool, too, to see so many girls who played in the Iowa High School League playing on a big stage. Again, the whole bar was getting into it. People yeah, who've never so seen rugby. Say, that was like the most exciting game for everybody in the bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Congratulations to Kelsey McDowell and her Iowa State team on an awesome tournament. And then congratulations to 
the University of Iowa and Kathleen O'Neill and her squad uh, for winning the Survivor Bowl. They represented the state of Iowa so well. Yep. Megan Flanagan and the University of Northern Iowa women's team, uh, they did a fantastic job as well. Again, it was just it was a lot to try to keep up with because the website didn't always update because they were yeah. changing things on the fly. We got a lot of matches going on. Like mm-hmm. A lot. So well, it some, got tough. There was a field that they stopped using. So like it was hard for them to update the website. But no, whenever Iowa was on, like any of the Iowa teams, I mean, girls represented, guys represented, um, Aquinas. So, I mean, that Aquinas team is m- almost all freshmen and yep. maybe a, a couple sophomores. Uh, they're going to do 15s for the first time ever this fall. Yeah, it's crazy. And again, they're young, like Liberty, freshman, Genesis, sophomore. Like, they're going to be back for years to come. Mm-hmm. And they got great experience from it. So, good job to everybody. Uh, Division One club, the champion of that, ended up being Clemson. And then Division Two, the champion ended up being Roger Williams hmm. for women. And then small college women ended up being Endicott. Hmm. So hats off to the National Collegiate Rugby team for a great tournament. Uh, it was a lot of fun watching, oh. you know, checking it out. Uh, like we said, Iowa State Rugby, though, they did not participate this year in the CRCs because they are on their way. They're going to Boulder, Colorado. This upcoming Saturday. So they won't be at all Iowa. Nope. But for good reason. <laughs> yeah. So they will be competing against, like we said previously, San Diego. Yeah. That'll be a good match. I would really like to watch that. I'm assuming, obviously, they'll have like a YouTube stream and stuff for that. And maybe Rugby Network might do that, too, possibly. Who knows? Are you just making stuff up as you know. go? Like, have you looked anything up? I mean, I know, I know it'll be on YouTube, but... How do you know? It's always on YouTube. <laughs> but how do you know? I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Yeah, we should probably text Ant. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll we'll share it. Uh, we'll share it on our social media on how you yeah. can watch the game. So yeah, Iowa State support them. They're gonna go for a national title. Uh, next thing, Iowa high school rugby. There's some crazy stuff happening. We have one more week of the regular season, and then it is playoff time. So let's take a look at the standings. Southeast Polk, 10-0. Cedar Falls and Waverly are both 9-1. Valley, 8-2. At the 5 seed, Ankeny, 7-3. 6 seed, Fort Dodge is 6-4. At the 7 seed is 5-5 Urbandale. Cedar Rapids is at 4-6. Des Moines at 4-6. And then... So right now, and if you look at the division records, Cedar Rapids, Washington is three and five. Des Moines, Lincoln is four and six. So I think they go off of like that division record, like against mm. other two A schools. Yeah. So Des Moines, Lincoln, and Cedar Rapids. That's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, keep an eye out on that. Uh, also, it was crazy because on Friday night, Waverly versus Valley was a really crazy match. Back and forth, back and forth. Crazy match because uh, Valley was up mm. at near the end of the game. 
there was a yellow card and a little bit of blood time. So the scoreboard hit triple zeros before the referee's watch hit triple zeros. And the kids from Valley had the ball, hits triple zeros. They play for about 10, 15 more seconds. And then they kicked it out of bounds. And the referee's like, I still have time. Line out uh, Waverly. Waverly plays a little bit. There's another yellow card on Valley. And then Valley had a high tackle inside the five. Penalty try. Waverly wins 20 to 19 or 21 19. Oh, it was a crazy. That's, match. Yeah, it's a tough match. It was a crazy match. So I was talking to Tom McClyman, coach of Ford Dodge. And I've talked to Patrick Lawson, coach of Cedar Rapids. I've talked to Casey Hansen, coach of Waverly. Uh, a lot of people are saying, like, this is going to be the deepest and craziest playoffs we've ever had. Like, seeding is important, sure, but like, all three matches that you have to play at state are going to be tough. Yeah. Anybody can make a run. Mm-hmm. And like, we're seeing it because like these matches are so close. And like, for Dodge, this past Friday night, this was the first time that they'd had two wins in one night. Yeah, I saw they'd, that too. They yeah. split one and one, one and one, one and one, and then they finally went two and oh. And here's the thing about Fort Dodge. They've lost to Southeast Polk by one score. They lost to Valley by one score. Mm-hmm. They lost to, you know. Yeah, they're right in it. They're right there. Uh, they lost to Urbandale by 20 the first week, and then last week they beat Urbandale by 40. Like, hmm. they're peaking yeah. at the right time, and that's the thing, too, where they might be a lower seed. They can compete with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got, they just beat Ankeny. Ankeny's 7-3. and three. So, I'm excited for state. I mean, as a coach of Valley, like I'm, I'm so anxious who we're gonna draw. Mm-hmm. But I know no matter what, it's gonna be three very hard games to to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think whoever wins it this year um, can really be proud of themselves because yeah, it's not gonna be an easy road. It's definitely <laughs> like the level play is just it, it's awesome. Then in one A, Bondurant is ten and out. Columbus Catholic is six and four. Central Springs is six and four. With that, though, Central Springs is six and two in the division. Waterloo, Columbus Catholic is five and two. Denver mm-hmm. is five and five. Crestwood is five and five. Norwalk is two and eight. Indianola is one and nine. So there's seven teams there. We talked about last week. I think it's going to happen. Uh, Brad Lewis, head coach of Bondurant, said, "What if we did this? What if we took the teams that don't make the playoffs in two A?" We take those six teams, they do a sub-state. The winner of that gets to compete for a 1A state title. I like that a lot. They get to be the eighth seed, or they, they get in. I don't know how they would do the seeding, but they get in. Mm. <clears throat> Everybody so far who's responded is for it. Nice, good. couple of questions about logistics and, like, whatever. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are like, you know, more rugby is good. And also, there's talk, too, about, like, hey... What what are we going to do for, like, classification in the future? This could be a way to see how teams really could play against each other. It also means that everybody's playing for something at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like that I as like well. I like that a lot, yeah. Well, and here's something I was thinking of, too. We were just looking at this because all rugby tournaments at a high level have, you know, the cup, the plate, the bowl, the mm-hmm. shield. Yeah. 
you know, that's four things right there. What if we did this as a state? I'm going to openly talk. This is just me thinking out okay, loud. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. What if the first couple weeks of the season, you played local tournaments and there's no classification? Mm-hmm. Everybody's, and maybe you have pools. You have, you know, like your furthest east teams. You have your Cedar Valley teams. You have your, you have a couple of teams in the Des Moines area. Whatever. You have mm-hmm. these different pools. You play local tournaments for the first two, three, four weeks, whatever. Then you take your records after the first couple of weeks. Everybody who's like, I don't know, 6-0 or 4-0, whatever, whenever you decide to like cut this off, what if you separated and said, like, okay, all the teams that won all their games, you are competing for the championship cup. Teams that went three and one, you're competing for the, I think it's plate. Mm. Teams that go two and two, you're competing for the shield and you're competing for the bowl. Like you separate them based on where they're at. So you would get your local games in early and then the end of the season, you're playing teams that are in your ability. Like they're... Yeah, so then you'd what have. If you're, what if you're one of those teams like a Fort Dodge that was kind of like hitting their stride a little bit later though in the season? Then you're kind of depriving them of playing for that, you know, the big one. The big one. That's my only thing. True. Because I mean, but, you could have a team that's seated like fourth, fifth, sixth, and they could end up winning state overall. Like you because, don't know. <laughs> because you're like in the pool of death. Yeah. And then, but I mean, yeah. I, I like the idea. I just so you could also call it like. 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A, mm-hmm. and then be like, hey, these are, you know, Bondurant, Southeast Polk, Cedar Falls, Waverly, and yeah. Waterloo are the f- 4A schools, mm-hmm. you know, and like, I don't know if that, and then you could call yourself the state champion of that. I don't know. But I mean, rugby's different. We don't have to be exactly like how football or basketball no, is. Uh, yeah, I agree. I just, but it, I think it would be one of those things where for some of these teams, you know, you start the year. A bunch of teams start the year, you know, 0-6, 1-5. Hmm. Put all those teams together. The second half of their season is so competitive. And they're competing for a championship. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't know. It, it's just something different. And, like, again, for those clubs that do struggle, like, to keep them motivated throughout the year. I don't know. It, and it would be more rugby. Like, uh, we won the plate. Yeah. We won the shield. We won the bowl. We won the cup. You know, well, I, yeah, I agree. As long as there's like still motivation to keep competing and not don't have kids drop off because like you know, right. not winning as many matches as you'd hope for. You know, but the way we have be, it, but the way we have it now, yeah, they play the whole season that way. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we don't make it to like, oh, you're struggling, play against other teams mm-hmm. that are struggling. Yeah. I don't know, and like the teams have so much turnover every year. Yeah, like look at Valley. Yeah, we're gonna lose. I don't know, nine-tenths of our roster? Mm-hmm. More? I, like, we only, we're only we only returning, like, five, six kids? Yeah. Uh, you know? That's like, crazy. we got we to start over, you know? So, um, it's one of those things where, like, things can change very, very fast. Mm-hmm. This would be a way to see. What do you have? Now we actually know what you have. Play against people that are around. Also, I would love us to see add-in bonus points. That would be really cool. That would make a pretty big difference in a lot of these matches. Or these rankings, I feel like. Yeah, get rid of the division record. Get rid of all that. Hey, you know what? You scored four tries. Here's one point. Hey, you lost by seven or less. Here's one point. Four for the victory. 
uh, what is it? Two for a tie. You pitch in, zero you pitch for a loss. Shut, uh, shut out. So you give up zero points. That's that's not a thing. I mean, that'd be cool though. I guess. That, I don't know. I think no one's ever cool. done that before. That'd well, be cool though. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Why not? Like add it in. That's a. I mean, that's a pretty impressive stat. You know, like not giving up a single point in an entire match. Like yeah, because right now the only bonus points that they do in rugby is just yeah. the yeah. But that would be. But that would also too like, really good teams would separate themselves because it's like you could get a six point victory. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, that would be wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they oh. go. Yeah, they get a little. You could. Tough. You could also. Uh, no one's tying zero to zero. I was thinking of other things that people could. <laughs> you pitch a shutout. You tie. Now it'd still be. I don't know. No, I think bonus points would be cool though. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think that'd be cool. I don't know. It's just, it's an idea. And I think, too, I don't know. It's interesting. Mm. It's interesting. 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 Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, last thing we have here, All Iowa. All Iowa, again, is this upcoming Saturday. There is free camping on Friday and Saturday night in Iowa Falls. The rugby matches are going to take place from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday, May 6th. They have games, food, entertainment, free entry for spectators. Concessions are provided by Cadet Kitchen. Daytime fun for all ages. Saturday night, experience the camaraderie of rugby and build <laughs> new bonds. Location, Iowa Falls Rugby Club. Yeah, I'm just reading off of the Iowa Rugby Football Club Foundation. They made a poster. That's a cool poster. So, a cool poster. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited for this weekend. Yeah, no, it should be should be awesome. Get there, uh, kind of last big hoorah for for men's and also it sounds like a lot of women's teams are going to be there. Yeah. So it's cool before people go into either summer sevens mode or summer hibernation mode or <laughs> you know disappear till the fall. Um, it does remind me that daytime fun for all ages. <laughs> uh, comedian Mark Norman has a joke that he said before where. Whenever you see fun for all ages, it really means fun for no one. <laughs> uh, because it's like there's crying kids yeah, on yeah. the plane or whatever, or, you know. I, I thought it was a funny joke. Um, yeah. But it will be fun for everybody because rugby's different. You're not at Disneyland where kids are <laughs> screaming. Yeah. Uh, no, it's going to be a good time. No, so it'll get be good. There. I'm excited for the Iowa Rugby Hall of Fame inductees, too. I think that'll be cool like, yes. to see who all shows up for that. Yes. Take notes. Yeah, I'll, take notes I'll so then that way you can we can talk about it next week i'm not gonna lie to you i'm probably not gonna write anything down while i'm there mental notes oh mental notes okay that's what i was i was air mental notes i was writing in your oh, brain oh yeah okay that makes more sense <laughs> <laughs> oh it should be good yeah i'm trying to decide if i'm gonna stay saturday night or not though i kind of want to because that's always really fun to go camping and stuff with everybody but i'm not your dad let's look know. up let's look up the weather Ah, yeah, because last time it rained, I had to sleep in my car. So, that was rough. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. 72 degrees. Nice. Partly cloudy. 17 mile per hour wind. Only about an 8% chance of rain. So, See, I can live with that. That's actually, that's really nice. Might be that the nicest be. all I have ever had. Yeah, yeah, no, that... <laughs> That looks good, man. So, I mean, weather looks like it's going to be perfect. That's a perfect temperature. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, sweet. You got the same thing on your phone? Yeah, 72. Yeah. 
Partly sunny. That's interesting. What's the difference between partly sunny and partly cloudy? <laughs> I don't know. Or mostly sunny? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't well, know. I like it, though. Yeah. So, good stuff. Good stuff all around. Uh, yeah, we're getting to that point of the summer coming soon. Also, too, we're two weeks away from our one-year anniversary of the podcast. I know. Ah. Oh, my gosh. We should do something cool for that. We're probably not going to, though. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but it would be cool if we did. <laughs> <laughs> like we did something special but i don't even know i don't know either podcast from the hot tub it'll be so hard with the sound yeah because if the jets aren't going we're not getting in you know I yeah mean, of course we could try it though i don't know is the pool gonna be ready is it ever gonna be ready yeah no no the pool okay this summer the pool will be ready because it's saying that for years no but the filtration <laughs> system no because the people who lived here before that there was a crack in the filtration system and it's because like it needed new sand mm. and so it basically like the water that was coming out of the filter was actually dirtier than the water going in and i just kept throwing chemicals in it and it would get better I'm like this is cool and then it would quickly get bad again I'm like what's going on so we fixed it now this summer pool's gonna be awesome man i'll believe it when i see it Shut up. <laughs> yeah, if you're invited to my house for a barbecue and pool party. Okay, okay. No, we should. And I think we should get into more reels, you know? like uh, yeah. That's why I have this rug here. I want to clean this area up and we can film a little stuff, you know? I would like that. Yeah, and then we'll go viral. Hmm. I don't know if I want to go viral. Well, depends if we make depends money on it. <laughs> depends if it's positive or not. Right. Uh, so I think, yeah, this is good. Yeah, really good. Uh homework for next week find tight head brewing and bring a six-pack yeah that was my plan i'm gonna try to find it asap we probably need, right after this we need to stock the mini fridge with tight head yeah and then if we when we have a guest in studio again because it's been a while uh we'll just be pounding those Ooh, that's that'd be a good thing too our next in-house guest we need suggestions we need somebody to throw somebody out there for us Get yeah. a hold of us on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who Or if you want to be on the show and you're in the Des Moines area, let us know. Because, yeah, we just like talking, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever listen to Bill Burr podcast? Yes, so. yes. Whenever I listen to it, Lex gets mad because then I accidentally will go. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Christ. <laughs> How you doing? Fuck. Good, you? <laughs> Good, you? 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 Fresh lights, fresh lights, This episode is brought to you by Rotor Epoxy, the premier epoxy company in Iowa. You need your floors looking good. You need to redo the entire shop, the locker room floor, the fire station, the man cave. Those are the guys to call. There's an infinite amount of floors that you would possibly mess with here. So whatever you need done, they can do some wicked ass designs for you. Whatever you got going on, just get it done. Get a hold of them. Infinite designs. 100% satisfaction. Rotor Epoxy. Find them online now.